at the square table. Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy Darren Deshay here at the Square Table. It's your boy Jay Lee. It's your boy D Mole, aka James Bond. What? James the Bond. Black James Double, Bond. 007? No, That's, no. That would be Idris Elba. 007 with melanin? Black James Bond. No, no, no. 007 with melanin? Not 007, bro. 007 with melanin. No, no, no. The Black James Bond is different. Like okay. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> say the whole thing. name. <laughs> hey though, but uh so our topic today here at the square table, three point zero, is uh are HBCUs still relevant? Um a question that's been asked a lot uh lately, um and, and it's been a the topic of conversation in in many uh households and a lot of legislative meetings um are hbcus still relevant um so that's what we're going to discuss today i'm gonna start off uh with you demo what do you think are hbus hbcus still relevant nope because black people ain't relevant i'm just kidding I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> did you just say that <laughs> yeah he just said that no no, no 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 i think honestly i think that they are um but they're only as relevant as the community you know, invest in it. So I think that as a organization that predominantly educates black people, um, I think that it's important because it gives you a foundation. It gives you a place to, you know, that people that look like you um, are exceeding on a scholarly level. You know, a lot of people come from, not a lot of people, but some people come from a background where the only people that are, you know, making the kind of grades that they're making are white or, you know, not black. Um, and so I think that to go to a place where, you know, people are successful um, and, and, you know, kind of on the same educational level as you that look like you, I think that's that's big for a lot of people. And I think that that's why they're still relevant, at least to me. I think that, you know, just the historical factor of it and, you know, the kind of camaraderie, the camaraderie and family aspect that going to one of them brings you um, – and then being able to know yourself, you know, I feel like I have a, a stronger appreciation for myself and um, the things that people that look like me have accomplished because I went to an HBCU. And I think that I, I've been more things that black people have accomplished have been brought to my attention um, because I went to an HBCU. But, you know, that's teach his own. Not all HBCUs are cut the same, you know. Yeah, you're right. And right just about happens that. to be one of the best. But, you know, it's just... Don't you go to Howard? <laughs> oh, I do go to Howard now. I do. I do. I do. And I think um, Howard honestly has a huge um, lineup of illustrious alumni. You know what I'm saying? I think that there's a lot of people who went to Howard um, and have come back to Howard and, and definitely gave back to their, compu- their community. And I think that um, Diddy. black people, they, they do that. You know, it, I mean, I don't know if you guys know about uh, Annabelle Burns Lindsay. Annabelle, no. Annabelle. So she was a, a social worker who was really big on bringing the concept of, uh, you know, where you're born, where the things that you're exposed to in your community, 
um, in your life and things like that, that contributes to the person that you are. Um, but yeah. a lot of people, when they look at you, they just look at you, you're black. And so everything that's about being black, that's exactly what you are. But she was the first person to bring to the social work practice, not the first person, but one of the most vocal people to say, hey, we need to stop looking at black people as, hey, all black people are this. And we need to start saying that, hey, black people that are coming from this background, they're going through these kind of things, they need this kind of support. Um, and start looking at them as a community and not looking at them as an individual. And I, I, you know, but that's things that you wouldn't know if you didn't go to an HBCU because HBCUs are going to tell you about their alumni. That's just what they are about. Um, and so I think that that's, that's major. So Josh, uh, what do you think, man? Uh, are HBCUs, are historically black colleges and universities still relevant? Hail to the, yes. Yes, I cannot you, say you that. You can say motherfucking. More. Like it's acceptable on here. Utmost, utmost. <laughs> one, I respect all of my HBCUs from the smallest ones to the biggest ones for what you all bring and provide the young black community. Because just a little backstory for me, my entire middle school and high school career, I was one of three black males in my entire grade and sometimes even the grade above and below me and so being in that environment i thought certain things were normal i i was essentially raised and brought up a different way and so then when i decided to go to hbcu and i experienced hampton university the real hu i was my mind was blown and i'm i'm glad i did it because of what it provided me both of my parents went to HBCUs. They went to Virginia Union University in Virginia. But Hampton was this, I don't know. It was just something about the place. So, yes, they are definitely still relevant for sure. And I think they sh- they are sometimes underutilized because because of, because it costs money. It's a private it's a private school. Whatever. A lot of them are private. With, some of them are public. Yeah, yeah. some of them. Like it's it's definitely worth the cost to be around people and instructors that want nothing more than to see a young black male or female be successful in today's world. So that's hands down. I would not change a single thing about my college experience. Real, and I think I think we're all <laughs> we're all biased, obviously, because mm-hmm. we all went to HBCUs. Um, but I definitely agree with both of you that HBCUs are still relevant. Um, they're currently what about a, I think 105 historically black colleges and university across the nation, um, and it's a I'm getting my facts, but it's about nine nine percent of African Americans attend um, HBCUs. Nine nine percent of African American college students attend HBCUs, um, and and what HBCUs have done. And continue to do is enroll low-income first-generation college students. Um, you know, HBCUs were originally created uh, because we couldn't attend, and we, as in African Americans, could not attend uh, probably uh, traditionally white institutions um, post-slavery. Um, that's why you got your Lincoln Universities and your Hampton Universities and your Howards and your, uh, you know, all, all those Morehouses and all those other, you know, HBCUs. Um, Because they were designed and created to provide African-Americans with a college education um, when they couldn't attain one through 
a traditionally white institution. Mm-hmm. Um, but but even even today, HBCUs are responsible for what about I think it's uh like somewhere between twenty and twenty five percent of current bachelor degrees granted to African Americans. Um, but didn't like you that's, say that's, only nine percent of African? Yes, only nine percent. Uh, across the nation, of college students attend HBCUs, but they make up twenty five percent. It's it's they're responsible for twenty two percent of current bachelor degrees granted to African Americans, and I'm I'm getting my 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 I got this from the Network Journal, um, and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund as my my source on that. Y'all could y'all could definitely double check me. Let me know if I'm uh if I'm if I'm right with that, and they're, and they're, I think they're right. They're, I think that I'm pretty sure the Thurgood Marshall College Fund Foundation is 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 straight with their uh, their numbers. But I mean, let's that's damn near a, qu- a quarter of uh, African American uh, um, degrees granted to African Americans come from from HBCUs. So I definitely think they're they're relevant, man. And and one of the most important things that I feel comes from going to the HBCU is the experience that you get. Both of y'all went to HBCUs. Tell me about tell me about the experience. Talk, let's talk about the experience, man. Ugh. What's at the H- experience like? At an like? HBCU, the experience starts on this thing that we call high school day. And I don't know, <laughs> I don't know of any HBCU that doesn't have their own form of high school day. But for y'all that don't know, it's when juniors and seniors in high school come to the HBCU or the school for a weekend and they have current students basically be their guides and they have different things set up for them, parties and seminars and stuff like that. But they literally just get to experience that school. So it's not like your traditional school visit where you go, you walk around the campus with the admin, ad, admissions people and they're like, oh, this is our building. It was built last year. It's got state-of-the-art technology. Like you are immersed fully into the culture. Because the HBCU is not just about the school, but it's the entire culture that everybody brings. What do you think, D? I hate it. No. Um, (laughs) The experience, I think, is the sense of family. Um, You know, I hate being the, the serious one, but I think that being at HBCU, there was never a time where I was on campus or um, even post-grad that I have ever felt alone. Um, I think any time that I've been around, and I think that it, it spreads past your university because I think that, you know, at, ha- at Hampton, I feel like everybody walking around, even though we kind of joke about it, you know, you're a big brother, but I feel like everybody walking around, I, I genuinely cared about them. Um, I felt like they were family. You know, um, but once you graduate, I think that when I meet someone else that went to an HBCU, I, you know, I think that we have that same kind of commonality. So when I look at them, I, I also look at them as like, you know, a brother or a sister um, who, you know, is looking for the better of our community. Um, and I think that that speaks volumes, you know, anybody that, and I don't want to say that if you went to a PWI that, you know, you can't, you're not, you're not down, but I think that, um, just, I would look after any HBCU alumni 
first, honestly. I think that that's just, I mean, that's my bias. I think that other people have bias, but that's just my thing. I think that that network um, is huge. And I think that because, like Rainey said, it's only 9% of us that go to that. I think that we identify that we're the few. Um, and if we're not going to look after each other, you know, nobody else is. That's real, man. That's true. Yeah. And what other, do you, other communities do that too. Like if you have yeah. VMI, Virginia Military Institution, you yeah. know, USMA, like all these other schools, they have huge post-grad support, whether it be money, whether it be time. Everybody's mm-hmm. always giving back to their institution. And the way that I see it happening with HBCUs is I'm like, yo, I went to Hampton. I'm going to Atlanta for the weekend. Hit up a Facebook or a friend that's in Atlanta. And it's like, hey, I'm going to be there for the weekend. What's popping? And like they're like, yo, yeah, stay at my place. I'll show you around. We can have a good time, whatever. And it's it, there's no there's no hesitation because it's just mm-hmm. us looking out for us. It's like FUBU, baby. For us, by <laughs> So my question is for you. Uh, I know that a lot of people have asked me this, so I want to know what you guys think. Do you think that because you went to an HBCU where predominantly you're around people that look like you, do you think that you don't know how – you're not ready for the actual workplace where you will be the minority and not the majority? Because that's uh, why a lot of people that are African-American, when I talk to them, ask them why they didn't go to HBCU – they said that they want to go to an institution that looks more like what their workplace will represent. What America, you know, yeah, the American well, workforce looks like. Um, yeah. I can understand. I can understand that argument. But what I will say is that I do not think that I was at a disadvantage going into the American workforce because I went to an HBCU. I went to, you know, my in the Army, which is majority, uh, you know, it's a majority white organization. Uh, yeah. Most, you know, especially as a as an officer, um, and I think I was more prepared to deal with it, having gone to an HBCU, um, than someone who hasn't gone to an HBCU because at my HBCU they teach you how to handle yourself in you know the workforce. Um, they teach you how to dress. Um, I can remember when we had to come uh, in our Ogden attire. Uh, you know, wearing a suit and a tie. You know, you know, you had to come to Hampton with three suits. You know, um, and under the all the stuff to be on time. Uh, you know, to be what is it? Uh, <laughs> to be to on, be on time, time is to be late. To be late, to to be be late is unacceptable. You know what I mean, that's yeah. the that's the type of you know that's the type of uh, mindset that they instilled in us at an HBCU. So I think it definitely prepared me. Um, for 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 the workforce and for life after college, um, mm. come going to an HBCU. I don't it, know what about you, Josh. It does. I think a lot of us we live in the world. We live in a world where we are essentially the minority, and so for four years to be able to go to a place where you are no longer the minority, where the majority of people there think the way you think, act the way you act, it's you know, it's one, a relief. I felt relieved. And two, it, it helps us to be able to see both sides of the fence because we know what the world is like. We know that we are pigeonholed to be and to have certain stereotypes as black people, male or female. And so I, I knew that world already. And what does a world with my people and my culture look like? And that's what it showed me. 
And so now I have both sides and I can I can choose when I want to be a certain way or talk a certain way or whatever. So I can, you know, mm-hmm. switch it up. So what I will say um, is that I think that going to an HBCU and seeing a, such a vast majority of African-Americans, I, it has put me in a position where I'm able to accept people as individuals and not as groups of people. Um, because before, you know, I would see a person and think, you know, you're black or you're white and this is just how you're going to be. But going to HBCU, I could see just, even though everybody, not everybody, but a vast majority of the people there are African-American, we are so different. Like, the place that you're from trumps your race by far. (laughs) You know, people from California are nothing like people from Philly. People (laughs) from New York are nothing like people from Georgia, you know, but we're all black. But so it's just like I'm able to accept people from where they where they are versus you know I view people from where they are where they're from versus you know it's that the, like you were talking the about that, that nature kind of that nature versus nurture thing you view people yeah. you know based on how they they were brought up um, rather than what they look like you know yeah, it's so deep mm-hmm. man it's so deep and so I think that that's it's it's put me in if I had gone to a PWI then I would have you know, I would have never had that that experience to have that kind of realization that people are so different. Um, and so I, I would challenge that, you know, most people should go through that. And I know a lot of um, of my white friends that went to HBCUs, they say the same thing. That if they didn't, if they had never gone to an HBCU, they would have never known that black people are so different. Um, mm-hmm. And that's really helped them see um, not only their white privilege, but um, a lot of the things that black people struggle with yeah mm-hmm. being somewhere so, where everybody where your leadership being your teachers and professors and your fellow students want to see you succeed and be successful is astounding because I've, i have black friends that i went to my predominantly white middle and high school with and yeah. they left that high school and went to a pwi and it did not work out for them whatever the reason was it didn't work and so they went from a PWI to another PWI the second one didn't work and then they ended up at Virginia State and or Virginia Union and Mm -hmm. they're the most happiest people I I know right now because it just seems like they found a niche where they fit and they really figured out who they were as a person by being around other people that are like them right and I think I think you uh you kind of, you kind of hit it. You, when you go to these uh, predominantly white institutions, um, you're dealing with teachers who don't have as much as a vested interest yeah. in your success. That's what it is. Um, I don't that you would that. have. I, well, so this is not, no. I'm not saying they don't have. They don't have a vested interest in your success, but I don't think it equates to the vested interest that professors at a HBCU have professors that look like you professors that have come from the same upbringing as you have that you have um you know like like they say they say um it, and I, I don't have the statistic in front of me but you know it's basically is students that you know have a teacher that looks like them or is, mm-hmm. can relate to them perform better um black yeah. students who have black teachers are held to a higher standard by that black teacher 
um, and they definitely have higher performance levels. So I think that is, that is true when you take it and apply it to college um, in, in a, at HBCU. Um, and, and when you look at it at a PWI for, you know, when you're sitting in a class, and only most, most PWIs, you know, you sit in a class of, I don't know, somewhere between 50 to 150 different students. That teacher mm-hmm. doesn't have, you know, as much of a vested interest in you because he got that. 149 other students that they got to worry about. Now, you take that and you compare it to an HBCU when you're sitting in a class of 40, you know, that teacher. Or less. You know, or, or, or less. You know, you're getting more one-on-one because traditionally HBCUs are much smaller than PWI. So you're getting yeah. that more more one-on-one time. You can build that relationship with that professor. That professor knows you. They see you. They speak to you. You guys have office hours where you guys can talk about, you know, that that you, you, you build that relationship. And I think when you have a relationship with your, your, your that the leadership and the teachers and professors at your school, ultimately you have a better outcome. Um academically yep so that's why i didn't want to say that i didn't want to say that they don't have the same invested interest i think it's just there's too many people in the classroom for them to give you the same kind of attention that you would get at hbcu but um i think that the professors still and i mean this might be me being naive but i think the professors still care as much um as they do at hbcus but i think that they just don't have the opportunity to talk to students the same way that they do at HBCUs because there's too many people in the room. Yeah, and I think that's detrimental to the learning experience and to the college experience. Like at an HBCU at Hampton, I can pretty much guarantee you any of your professors would ha- not have an issue with calling your parents, your mom and your daddy, and saying, <laughs> he ain't been to class in six weeks. Yeah. I need you to make sure he comes to class. <laughs> at a PWI, do you guys know what a clicker is? I don't is? think that'll happen. A clicker? Uh, yeah. The no, thing that you use to change slides on the team. That's because y'all. So, um, so y'all know I go to Howard, and a lot of the students that I go to class with, you know, they went to PWIs, and they're just like, "Oh, I wanted to go to a black school to get the experience." Blah blah blah. But so they have been telling me things that happen at white schools, and they kind of make fun of me because I don't know what that is. But a clicker, to my understanding, and I'm sure somebody's going to message us and be like, "Demo, that's not what a clicker is." But <laughs> I think each student has a like a device that they click. And that's how they answer questions oh, in class, or that's yeah. like how they get attendance and stuff like that. And get the way the that they take attendance, here. because there's that. too many people in the class, the way that they take attendance is they'll ask a question at the beginning of a class, in the middle of class, and at the end of class to make sure that you're there. That's how they're taking attendance. Not like a attendance sheet goes around or they call, call names. They can't do that because there's literally hundreds of people in that room. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, that's a thing, and I. That's some, uh, some high tech shit right there. I've seen that. Before. Yeah, but I think that that's. So I think that kind of feeds into what you guys are saying that you know the the they can't give you as much attention and things of that nature because there's too many people, fucking people in the room. However, yeah, that's crazy to me. I don't know. So <laughs> what, what do you? What, okay, so what do you say to the argument that some people make that you don't receive? as high a quality education at an HBCU mm-hmm. that you would at a, at a PWI? I say they can go screw themselves. One, <laughs> because <laughs> Josh? We're, talk, we're, we're primarily talking about undergraduate degrees. So, yeah. like, nowadays an undergrad degree is damn near the same as a high school diploma. Like, just about everybody can go get one if they really, if they really want one. And so yeah. my experience at an HBCU 
is like it's an experience and I'm going to get I'm learning yes preparing myself for whatever future I have for myself I'm building for me but like no it it's it is not worse than a PWI it's not what do you think I don't think I, it's I got worse. some facts I got some I got some I got some statistics that I'm gonna throw at y'all in a little bit but what, what you so, think D? I don't think that it's worse but I do think that because of the, so I think because of the nature of our society, you know, institutional racism, I think the power is not with the African-American community. So I think that the networking opportunities that I'd be afforded at a PWI are greater than they would be at HBCU. Um, because I feel like I could potentially be in class with somebody's dad, somebody's child who, you know, owns Walmart or owns pop tarts or something like that like i can be in those classes so i feel like and then even ivy league if if i went to an ivy league um school i think just the name of the school alone will get me more jobs than hbcu there's countless times that i've said oh i went to hampton they go where is that um but if i said i went to harvard they'd be like oh i know where harvard is you know so it's just like name record name recognition yeah i think name recognition is a huge difference um between you know school to school so some stats statistics right among african americans um 40% members of congress that are african american are hbcu graduates okay 13% of ceos that are african americans are hbcu graduates 40% of engineers 50% yep. of professors at non hbcus 50% of lawyers and 80% of judges all are graduates of HBCUs. So you, do you still feel like that network isn't there? I don't. I think you do have to maybe work a little bit to go find that network and intertwine yourself in it. But I think the network is, is definitely there. But at the same time, it depends on what you, what you want to do. Um, looking at some things... It's saying it's like going to an HBCU, depending on which one, can give you great networks. Mm -hmm. But if your aim, for instance, is to go to Harvard Law, a PWI is is going to be more reputable in the eyes of Harvard Law School. Just that's just the nature of how they work, and so that just shows that it's not always about the grades, and sometimes it's about who you know, because you can have straight A's, 3.0, 4.0 at your HBCU and still not get accepted into Harvard Law because they don't, that Harvard doesn't recognize your school as being one of the top tier law schools or pre-law programs or whatever. So, I mean, I mean, it can work against you, but it depends on what you want to, what you want to achieve. I don't know. I, I, I kind of disagree with you because you can, like you said, you can have a 4.0 at a, at a, a Hampton or Howard and, and apply to Harvard Law, um, but if you max out your LSAT, I mean, why why would they not? You know, if you get the, the top score in your LSAT, why would they not? You know, pick you. I mean, maybe I'm being naive. No, I, I, I think it's I, just based the image. It's, it's I think purely image on whoever's reading that application and doing the doing the acceptances. I think mm. they'll still accept you. I think they will too, but I think it's I less just, likely. Than I think if it's after to... is when it makes an effect. I think when I'm trying to become a lawyer and I'm trying to get someone to pick me up, I think that that guy that went to Harvard 
is going to beat that guy that went to, you know, Tuskegee. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just is. But I think the the biggest problem with HBCUs right now is that they're losing money. You know, pretty soon they're not even going to. I mean, a lot of them are closing down because they don't have the money to stay open. I don't know. So, why, why do you think that is? Because we're not going to them. You know, I feel like a lot of people in our community feel like it's outrun its usefulness. So I think because of that, you know, they don't they don't have the attendance that they need in order to stay open. But it's funny you said that because HBCU attendance has actually gone on up. Yeah, yeah, it's actually gone up. Um, I think a lot recently. has to do with the the giving back portion. Alumni aren't funding some of these programs and buildings. Like if alumni aren't giving monetary funds back to their HBCU. The HBCU mm-hmm. can only do but so much with like what we pay to go to school is essentially eaten up by operating cost. And so if there's aren't if there aren't people giving back and those alumni that have graduated because there's more alumni than there are current students. So if alumni aren't giving back, the the school is going to suffer regardless I don't no know about that. I think that the, I don't know about most people's tuition, but I feel like my tuition for Hampton could have kept that bitch open for a long time. You say that, but run, run it. Talk to talk to Doctor Harvey, and ask ask Greg. He would know. I think Man. I Harvey, think I think it, I think it cost a lot more than we think. Pepsi place for, with my tuition. I know he did. He just gave back. I think I think he just gave Hampton another smooth meal. No, nah, I was I think it was a hundred grand. Hundred grand? No. Yeah, man. No, Diddy gave Howard a mill. Yeah. yeah. But um, I think you have to give back. Like we have to. It's it's hard. I'm not even gonna lie. Like trying to give back and manage my own household and funds. I'm like, look, I I see y'all need it, but yeah. Sally Mae is calling to pay y'all back what I borrowed anyway. So, word to Harvey, Sally made me need this money. Yeah. Yeah, Sally May Sally May is not playing no games, bro. She's not nope. playing no games. Uh, so man. I think that's it. But that's so why why are they shutting down then, B? If it's not about attendance. Or I guess it could be attendance, it's just not it's just not as many people as you know. No, like I think like I think like I agree with Josh. Like I don't think that schools are shutting down because attendance is low. I think there's also I think it's, I think it's a, it there's a multitude of reasons and I honestly like I don't even know how many HBCUs HBCUs have shut down but you got to think about it this way a lot of uh recently um you know some some legislators have gone after HBCUs trying to you know reorganize and rename them and uh with 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 uh you know that that state and federal funding um take away the title of uh you know hbcus so you, you got a little bit of that um you also got a little bit of um the lack of you know support and federal f- funding that you've seen from the government for hbcus mm-hmm. um i know more recently in the news i don't know how good this is or is not going to be but you know apparently el presidente trumpo uh, just drafting some type of executive order to support HBCUs. I don't know. We'll see. Ain't gonna get into the politics, but I don't know. You know, I I, I do think that you know the federal government in the past has supported HBU HBCUs um, to the level in which it, it it should have. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think that may have a little bit to do with it. Um, but either way, I see it. I still believe that HBCO, HBC, I keep saying, I keep fucking that up. Mm-hmm. I, can't, <laughs> I keep getting tongue-tied, man, and fucking that up. But HBCUs are still relevant, man. And, and, and we are still seeing, you know, uh, increased enrollments at HBCUs. So I don't think it has anything to do with, with you know, the amount of African-American children that are attending these institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those those issues are, are, are definitely tied to other other reasons. Yeah, um, le- support, legislation funding. And, okay. Yeah, man. But, huh. well, I think that's... Mm-hmm. I got, I got, I got one last question for you, bro. Before we, before okay. we end this, before we end this, and only really, only, only you can answer this. Um, the real HU is it, is it Howard or Hampton? Seeing as though you go to, you went to both. Whoa! <laughs> Damn. So funny story. I'm gonna put you on the motherfucking. Funny spot. story. So this is something that some of the guys ask me all the time because they know that I went to Hampton. They go, "Are the women better at Hampton or Howard?" <laughs> and I will be the first one to say that. Um, the women are better at Hampton. I, I mean, and nothing against Howard, but <sighs> there's a vast difference, man. I think that it's they're just different. They're just different. I had to, I had to put you on the spot. So, but you, you, um, you, when it comes to the real HU, right? Exactly. The I think HU. the real HU. <sighs> it's so hard because I get the I get the argument now. Howard was <laughs> HU first, but. Hampton was HIU way before there was Howard. So I don't know, man. I don't. This is hard. Uh, I, why you had to do me like this? I, I would say Hampton. Spot, bro. My, my home by the sea, man. I would say Hampton because there's something. So um, I don't know if you guys know about this, but Howard actually gets federal funding, right? Yeah. So Howard, it's, it's a really awkward time for them right now because they can't really say as much as they want to about the president because... Mm-hmm. They could potentially lose the federal the funding federal that they funding, have, and I think might. the federal funding is like forty percent of you know the school's income or something like that. Damn. So they're not really at a place where they can say what they want to say. However, Hampton, on the other hand, could say whatever they want. <laughs> you know what I'm so I would say we free, and and Hampton has never been in a situation where they were financially in trouble, but Howard was a couple years ago. So I would say that Hampton is probably, and not not probably. I can say definitively. I would say how Hampton is a real HU because we are, you know, I mean, you know, I don't shit. even want to go down the list, but I think it's, that we're better, you know, more successful, you know, better run school, better president. Please don't kick me out of Howard. I still like that place <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, but I think that it's a cool argument because those are probably the the best two HBCUs out there right now. Yeah. Tuskegee, A&T, FAMU, fight me, bro. I don't care. Hampton and Howard. <laughs> better than Spellman, Morehouse, all of them. Come at me. See me. Whenever. You know where I'll be at. I love my HIU. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's all I got, man. Hey, this has been uh, another episode of The Square Table, as always. Well, let <laughs> us know. Uh, let us know. What are y'all thoughts on the HPCU?